This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome all of you that are watching or listening the Warning program. This is a live audience. We're at the chapel here at World Ministries International with the staff of WMI and their families, as well as children. I want to speak today on peace in the storm. Peace in the storm. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of anxiousness. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of hostility. Uh, In today's uncertain world, Things are changing daily, and we need to learn the principles of obtaining peace. We need to learn how to live with a peaceful heart. We're all witnessing an escalation of hostilities, an escalation of control and manipulation. Revelation 13 is getting closer, where people will be urged to take the mark of the beast under total control. So my message, again, is peace in the storm. Philippians 4, 6 through 8, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Be Anxious for nothing. When we read these verses, it's not just words we read. They're not supposed to be. Yet, some Christians, they are. We read these things, and then you quit, as fast as you quit reading them, you're a mental, you know, mess. You go right back into doubt and unbelief, right back into focusing on the negative. Do we understand this is a lack of faith? It's not faith in God, it's faith in yourself. It's a sign of too much pride, self-reliance. This says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which suppresses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How does a peace of God guard your hearts and minds? If you'll be anxious for nothing. Why pray if you're going to take it right back on yourself and be a mental mess? I mean, what's the use? Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, 
whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praiseworthiness, meditate on these things. It just told you what to meditate on, not the negative. You say, will you help me to pray over this? And so you're you and your prayer partner pray over it, but then you go right back and you forget everything God said brings you peace. To meditate on these things, not the negative. Not what if. The things which you learn and receive and heard and saw in me, these things do, and the God of peace will be with you. That's how the God of peace is with you. Paul learned three revelations that resulted not only in having the peace of God, within his heart, but having the peace of God or the God of peace inside of him, the God of peace. No doubt Paul had practiced these truths through the challenges and disappointments he endured in his own ministry. As you read Paul's life, we see that he faced all the adversities that life can throw at a person, all of it. He had physical challenges that resulted in being beaten with rods and lashes as well as being stoned to death. You know, if, if anybody out there in this room or on television, radio, have you been beaten with rods and lashes? I doubt hardly any of you have. Have you been stoned and left for dead? I doubt most people have. Yet, you blow your nose wrong and you're all upset. Paul was drug out to the city, left for dead. He faced hunger, the elements, dangerous animals, financial shortage, imprisonment, betrayal by friends. Yet he learned how to live with peace in the heart, his heart. Betrayal by friends. You know, that's a big one. Well, I'll never talk to them again. Well, you're going to be a lonely person all your life. Don't you understand there's not a living person that's not going to disappoint you? They're not perfect. If you're looking for perfection, you better go to heaven today. Just give up the ghost, go to heaven, and you'll see perfection. But you're not going to see it on earth. And if you're looking for it, you're going to be a miserable, depressed person. And you're going to make people around you depressed. Are we together? Can I hear a big amen? amen. Second Corinthians eleven twenty three through 28. In labor, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequent. In deaths, Often. You know, he was left for dead more than once. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles. In perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides other things which comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Wow. So if you come to me with a bellyache, I'm going to have you read 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 28. And I don't think you got a complaint. Point number one, give all your concerns to the Lord. See, we got to literally do these things. We have to do them. It's a conscious action. 
Give them. Don't take them back. The first truth Paul shared that will result in a peaceful heart is to cast your cares upon the Lord. When he says to take our worries to God in prayer, he's simply saying, tell God about it and make him responsible for the outcome. Now, can we do this, ladies and gentlemen? What is it that we usually are anxious about, if not the outcomes of our situation? Are you worried about losing your job? Or if you've already lost it, maybe you're worried about where the next job will come from. Are you anxious about your children's future or the health of a loved one? The list can go on and on with things that cause people to have mental and emotional distress. Illnesses, if you carry it on. Do you like to live in constant stress and depression? That's what happens if you care, take the burdens right back on yourself. Why have somebody pray for you when you mentally take them back on yourself? Yeah. It's a waste of their time. You need to repent. Paul had plenty of reasons to get worried. Since he had already experienced so much pain, anguish in his life, just the thought that some of those things could occur again would be enough to cause anybody anxiety in the strongest person. You know, I've gone through some persecution in my life. I've been framed in countries. I've sat in even cells. They've come to my home with guns. I went through a two-year court battle where they were proclaimed he's been framed by corrupt pastors. This is a judge in that nation, the high court judge. Yet I read what Paul went through. I've lived a life of a picnic. Yet some of you who know me, you'd never want to live my life. No, 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 you, you don't want to change a lot of things in your life. When you get up a prayer, when you don't. I mean, you don't want to live my life. Paul had learned to let God be responsible for the outcome of his life. 2 Timothy 1.12 For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I believed. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until the day. Wow, what promises, what assurances. Amen? Amen. When we make God responsible for the outcome of the situation by telling him about it and thanking him for it, taking care of it for us in advance, we have peace, peace of heart, peace of mind. We have emotional peace. Hey, God said it, I believe it. He will do exactly as he promised to in his word. Therefore, instead of dreaming of the terrible things that could happen, oh, what if, 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 why don't you throw out that big if? We are imagining the outcome to be according to what God promised instead. God has promised it. It will happen. Amen? It will happen. He is the one responsible for the situation now. Now listen, not only are you watching on radio and television, in this very room, get what I'm saying. Live what I'm saying. Amen. Quit be tormented by nonsense all the time. Paul's second step to a peaceful heart is found in verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, 
Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praiseworthiness, meditate on these things. Hey, God has promised. He's given a future. He's given a destiny. This is what's going to happen. I don't care what it looks like now. We've done what we can do. We leave it in the hands of God. And we give praise on this side of the Jordan. If we can't do that, why are you singing these songs? We should sing a song. I'm a doubter. I'm an unbeliever. And I take everything back. Are you there? Is that the song you want to sing? Well, then let's quit acting like it. Number two, control your thoughts. If I can uh, re-paraphrase it a little bit, stop thinking negatively. Stop doubting God's word. Or, let's say it even more personal. Say, I am going to stop stinking thinking. Amen, everybody. Say, I am going to stop stinking thinking. I am going to stop stinking thinking. Good. If one of you comes to me, I'm going to look at you. Stop your stinking thinking. First Peter 5, 6 through 8. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. He cares for you. God cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Resist the devil. Don't cooperate with the devil. Paul knew that Satan would be trying to devour you and me with a mental bombardment of negative thoughts. He mentally bombards us with negative thoughts after we have cast our care upon the Lord. You know, you cast your care on the Lord and then all of a sudden, whoo, negative thoughts. And what do you do? Do you resist it or do you say, oh my goodness, what if this, what if this? I think Paul is ready, just about to backhand the person. Hey, didn't you hear what I just said? Get a hold of yourself. Yeah, come to your senses. Shake them. Hey, can you understand what I'm saying? Again, we see the admonition by an apostle to cast our cares, making God responsible for the outcome. Make God responsible. If you make yourself responsible, if you put it back on yourself, everything that God just said in the word of God is nullified because now you know more than the word of God. Now you're your own little God. And then God says, okay, physician, heal yourself. You don't want to believe me? Be a mental mess. Be an emotional mess. Have mental distress. Live in your depression. You don't want to obey me. You don't want to listen to me. Just listen to yourself. The enemy will try to devour your thinking with those same anxious thoughts that you have just released to God. However, we can successfully resist the devil by taking the thoughts captive. Replacing them with positive thoughts. Paul tells us to meditate on Philippians 4.8. Thoughts that issue from the contemplation of the word of God. Someone once said you can't stop a bird from flying over your head. True. But you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. Are we there? 
You can't stop it from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. <laughs> the same is true with our thought life. We can stop thoughts from coming, but we can't stop from them from staying. We can't stop them from coming, but we can stop them from staying. You know, temptation is just that. It, we're tempted and we resist it. We resist it. Well, what if this? You throw it out, but what about this? This is what God says. Remember a time in your life, no matter what the devil has said, you read scripture and you had friends that held you accountable to the word of God. That's what the body is all about, to support one another. Resist the negative thinking. Get back to the word of God. Have peace. Have tranquility. Stay in the shelter of the Almighty, under the wings of an eagle. Paul gives us another step for a peaceful heart in verse 9. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace. Point number three is copy your mentors. In other words, follow the example of righteous leaders. Follow the example of righteous leaders. Paul had proven many truths in his life. He had learned to live by faith in the grace of God to an amazing degree, had become a model of victory for everyone to follow. He could boldly say, follow me as I follow Christ. Because the word of God had become incarnated in him. He had become the word of God. He was so in love with God. He inhaled the word of God. He lived by the word of God totally. Follow me as I follow Christ. How did that happen? I preached a sermon some weeks ago. Why does God delay answering prayers? Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through our past misery and mistakes, we can learn the word of God is true. We can hold on to the word of God. We can focus on the word of God. We can rely and stand on the word of God. We don't need to be a basket case the rest of our life. Amen? I've lived 30, 40 years in and out of mental institutions. I've take, taken drugs for 30, 40 years to stay out of depression. Well, why don't you hold on to the word of God and stay out of depression? If you don't hold on to the word of God, you're going to live in depression till the day you die. The point is you're not going to be happy and those around you aren't going to be happy. Follow me as I follow Christ. Do these things and the God of peace will be in you. Paul didn't leave any method of instruction out. He covered every possible way that believers may have gleaned from his life, depending on their relationship with him as an apostle. Some people have personally interacted with him. Some people did in that day. You can interact, or interact with him by reading his accomplishments, reading his words in the Bible. Others may have just heard people tell about his life. Some may have just seen him handling certain situation or performing his ministry in some other way. Regarding and regardless of the way the truth was communicating, Paul said, copy it, do it, and you will have the desired result. Just do it. I've said it, you've watched me, do it. Part of God's plan for raising us to maturity in Christ 
is to give us mentors who can coach us in living the Christian life, incorporating the word of God. We are admonished to follow the example of those who have walked with the Lord deeper and longer than we have. You know, if, you're, if you know somebody that's walked with them deeper and longer and they're a serious man or woman of God, will you humble yourself and listen to them? Instead of argue, 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 argue. Hebrews 13, 7. <laughs> Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow. Consider the outcome of their conduct. You know, they've eaten more salt than you have in life. They've learned a few things by their own trial and tribulations. That's why you're supposed to listen to your parents. If you have righteous parents, they can teach you something. You don't have to fall in the same mud hole unless you're stupid. Oh, oh, you said stupid. Yeah, unless you're stupid. Look it up. Then I guess you need to fall in the same mud hole. And uh, let's get enough towels and water and soap and clean you up. Hebrews 13, 7, remember those who rule over you. Consider the outcome of their conduct. There's a major reason we need to be connected to the larger body of Christ. By faithfully gathering together with a local church that we can find mature models of the faith that we can observe and safely follow. You've got to find the right church or you're going to follow a bunch of hypocrites that aren't following the word of God, that do nothing but rely on other forces that are trying to topple our freedoms. They don't live a life of faith. They follow any dictator that tells them anything. We will learn the secrets to living the Christian life and walking in the peace of God when we follow those that have gone before us. A mature body of believers. In modern times of technology, the internet has become the source of spiritual training and instruction, but there is no substitute for personal relationships. No substitute for relationships of love and trust as Jesus had with his disciples. Paul had with Timothy. Elijah had with Elisha. The word teaches us this truth in many passages and examples. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but he who likes to keep the companionship of fools will be destroyed. Do you walk with a fool? In Jamaica, I preached the sermon, a very large church. Are you a chicken or are you an eagle? If you walk with the chickens, talk with the chickens, eat with the chickens, you're a chicken. Or are you an eagle? You walk with the wise, you walk with the knowledgeable. You talk with them, you learn from them, and you soar with them. Who do you choose? Do you choose to have chickens in your life or eagles? Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness, Peter and John perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. In the process of discipleship, there's no substitute for observing. No substitute for observing another person's life. The relationship is two ways. You observe your mentor observes you. One way relationships over the internet is not the total answer for coming to maturity in Christ, although it provides some resources for learning, but they cannot observe you. You can't observe their personal life. There's no substitute for observing. Paul specifically says, developing the lifestyle of casting our cares 
controlling our thoughts, copying our mentors will cause the peace of God to be with you. This brings to mind the story of Noah sending out the dove that returned with an olive branch in his mouth. Genesis 8, 8 through 11, he sent out a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the earth. But the dove found no resting place. She returned to the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. He put out his hand and took her and drew her into the ark. He waited another seven days. He sent out the dove. Then the dove came back in the evening, and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf. Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. There is so much symbolism in the dove, representing the Holy Spirit. The olive branch speaks of the peace of God. Noah was limited by what he could see. The waters within range had not receded, but with the help of the dove, he could know what was beyond his sight. We call that revelation knowledge, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We can have God make an inhabitation with us, the Holy Spirit, who can lead us and guide us, the dove. We can learn to live worry-free, praying with thanksgiving, and the God of peace will be with us. James 1.22 Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. And may the God of peace be with you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.